Welcome to the good old days of radio show. Again, I'm putting on my slightly scary voice, although I can't really sound scary, but it's not as peppy and happy as we normally do the good old days of radio show, because we're going to do a scary show today. This is episode number two in our 10 great uh, eerie stories of the supernatural series. An episode of Lights Out, written by the great Arch Obler. Um, Arch Obler was just a genius when it came to pushing the boundaries of taste in radio programs in the 1930s and 40s. Um, He liked to come up with the single most gruesome sound effects he could and do everything he could to test the patience of the sponsor, the network, the censor, and everybody else. Um, This particular show is not uh, gruesome like some of his. Um, This is more ghostly, more supernatural. It's called The Ball, and it was originally aired on March 9th, 1943. So, as I instructed last week, please uh, exit your children from the room, turn out the lights, turn off your phone, turn off all distractions, and let Arch Obler's writing carry you away to a ghostly ball. Lights out. Everybody. Later than you think. Lights Out brings you stories of the supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the mysteries of the unknown. We tell you this frankly. So if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly, but sincerely, to turn off your radio now. This is Arch Obler. Tonight we bring you a story of the Paris pre the Hitlerian new disorder, the Paris of lights and fun and Strange Adventures. It's a story of two college boys on the loose in Paris. But before we begin, Frank Martin with a question. Are you too tired to work, too nervous to sleep, too thin and run down to make friends or keep them? Well, no wonder you're discouraged. But cheer up. Maybe like thousands of other Americans nowadays, you simply need more vitamin B and iron. If so, try ironized yeast tablets. They're a cinch to take. Cost but a few pennies a day, and do they help? Today, thousands who used to suffer from vitamin B and iron shortage tell how quickly ironized yeast helped them gain glorious new strength and pep and pounds. How today they really enjoy life. Friends, did you get that name? It's ironized yeast tablets. And now, lights out. Everybody. Say hello, plus, Mrs. Hmm? What'd he say, Paul? That we're here. Oh. Well, should we get out? Yeah. Come on. Shoving. We'll get there. Who's shoving? Uh, comment et... How much? Three francs. Okay. Here you are. Merci, monsieur. Merci. 
Well, I sure got to hand it to you, Paul. You sling that French right around, don't you? Took two years of it in school. Viva la France. Yeah. Oui, oui. How you took? Oh, boy, what a time. How you gonna keep them down on the farm oh, after they've seen Paris? Oh, how hey, you gonna keep them? Hey, wait a second. down. It's almost midnight. Oh, anything goes in Paris. <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope. Come on, let's go in. It's the right address, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is. And the card says, uh, 505 Rue de la Poupe or something. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's climb. Mm-hmm. Hey, it sure looks like a joint. Don't be naive. I bet you it'll be about as exciting as a junior prom. Ah, quit singing the blues. I tell you, this'll be the real stuff. French artists and their models and things and stuff. Say, you must have got the wrong number. Look at the place, no lights. Oh, it's pretty dark, isn't it? Listen, fella, if there's an artist shindig going on in there, then I'm a left-handed monkey. Come on, let's get back to the hotel. No, I'm gonna find that artist ball if I have to tear the town apart. Where's the doorbell? Listen, I tell you, there's nothing going on in there. That's what you say. Oh, here's a knob. Now, let's see what... Hey, the knob pulls. Oh, now you did it. Wake up some old Napoleon this time of night and he'll scalp you. Listen, I paid that bozo six bits for this ticket. I'm going to find out what's what. End up in the Bastille, that's what you'll do. Yeah, well, if they want to... Paul, it is a party. (laughs) Listen to him. I'll be. Entree, monsieur. (laughs) I'll say well, Entree. Come on, Paul. Yeah. Well, Paul, no artist ball, huh? So now you're a left-handed monkey, remember? Sure had me fooled. This way, monsieur, s'il vous plaît. (laughs) Right with you, lady. If monsieur would be seated. Well, can we go right in? We've got tickets. Yes. Soon you will go in. You will wait. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it sounded like quite a party. And you thought it was the baloney. Our house looked it. You can't tell a good banana from the skin on the grave. Not so good, pal. <laughs> well, this party's gonna be. You hope. Oh, well, this be something to write home about. If we ever get in the joint. I know, I think I'm beginning to understand all this. Huh? It's a clip joint, that's what it is. Clip joint? Yeah, the way I've suspected all along. A sucker joint for tourists. <laughs> Keep it up, you're terrific. Go on, <laughs> laugh, but I'm telling you that if this was a real artist, Paul, why didn't we go without all this stalling? It's all a fake, and I'm getting out. Hey, Paul, wait. No, let me go. I'm getting out of here. If you have any sense, you'll get out, too. Oh, Paul. Before they slip you a Mickey Finn and clean you out. Monsieur. Huh? Oh, you may go in now, monsieur. Oh, Oh, yeah, sure. This way, monsieur. (laughs) Well, pickle puss, Paul, my friend. You got any more to say? I still think there's something screwy. In here, monsieur. Okay. Paul, are you or aren't you going to have something to tell your grandchildren when they ask you about Paris? Oh, I'll stay. Is this something? Gosh. Would you look at the film? Boy, oh boy. See, everybody's in costume. So what? I'm in costume, too. I got on a clean shirt. <laughs> Gosh, will you get a load of the screwy masks they're wearing? Yeah, I see them. <laughs> sure wearing plenty for French models, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, well, evening's young yet. <laughs> That's funny. What? They're not dancing. Oh, well, they're taking time out again. Yeah, but but where is it? What? The orchestra. There's no orchestra. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, well, maybe they're hidden behind palms or something. Anyway, what's the diff? They may be masked, but, fella, I know honeys when I see them. But this is supposed to be a dance, so why don't they dance? There you are. <laughs> Boy, are you guessing wrong tonight. But where's the organ? Will you cut it out? Who cares where the organ is? 
Parents, artists, models, mammy. <laughs> Dancing. You look at him. Come on, let's cut out a couple of fillies and do a big apple. Yeah, but look at the way they're dancing. Huh? I never saw a dance like that. Yeah. Me neither. He sort of glide. Yeah. Jerry. What? It's funny. No, no one's talking now. Yeah. <laughs> they sure take their dancing serious. And the music. Well, it sure is funny music for an artist, Bull. Did you say this was going to be a wild party? Well, they, they look like artists. Don't act like them. No. <laughs> sure is funny music. Let's beat it. No. Huh? I, I want to find out what this is all about. Men and women dancing so quiet, funny music. Let's go, Jerry. No, I, I want some answers first. I want to know why... Monsieur, uh -huh. you would like to dance? Uh, no, no, not me. I... And you, monsieur, you would dance? Well, uh, yeah, but... It would be as you wish, as you wish. Well, no, wait. Uh, what kind of a ball is this? These people, what kind of music... Hey, old lady, come on back here. Come on, Jerry, let's get out of here. What are you talking about? I paid dough for this ticket. I'm going to get one dance out of it. Jerry, don't be a fool. And don't you be a lily. What's there to be scared about? <laughs> this is Paris, fella. Anything goes. Hey, look, there comes the old lady with my dancing partner. Boy, oh boy, will you look at that chassis. Monsieur, this young lady, she will dance with you. Swell. Well, Paul, here I go. Um, you're a good dancer, aren't you? Gosh, I, I suppose you don't speak English, do you? I understand you, monsieur. You, you do? We. Oui. Say, that's swell. Oh, lady, I've got more things to ask you than a psych professor doing an IQ on Einstein. We, oui, monsieur? Well, I mean, uh, uh, this goofy music. And, uh, why doesn't anybody talk? And when are you going to take off your mask? Midnight. Midnight? I said it's not far off, is it? Not far off. <laughs> Say, how about slipping your mask up a little and letting me have a sort of a, you know, a preview? No, 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 no. Okay, I was just asking, that's all. Say, you sure couldn't big apple to this music, could you? There is still time for you to go. What? There is still time for you to Go? Go? Why should I go? Gosh, I'm just starting to enjoy myself. I can give you only one warning. Warning? Warning of what? You are very young. Yeah? Well, I'm old enough to know all the answers. And if you don't think so, suppose then you and me... One warning I can give you. And it has been given. Listen, if you're trying to warn me that this is a clip joint, well, I'm not worried. <laughs> all my does and traveler's checks anyway. So, somebody wants to steal my pants? Okay. It's a two-pants suit anyway. <laughs> hey, look. Well, can you tie that? It's my pal. He's dancing, too. Hi, Paul. How you doing? All right, I think. <laughs> what do you mean, you think? Well, my partner won't talk. Well, maybe she doesn't like your line. No one here speaks English, I guess. Mine does. Don't you, beautiful? Jerry, after this dance, what do you say we go? Well, you listen to that, beautiful. Me with you in my arms, and he wants to go. Jerry, listen. No, you listen to me. Beautiful here tells me she's going to unmask at midnight. That's only a couple of minutes, too. So, fella, I'm saying, I've got an idea that behind this goofy mask, 
beautiful here has got a face that's going to take my heart and turn it inside out and put it together again. Say, come to think of it, beautiful, what is your name? I have warned you. And now you will go. <gasps> Too late. Too late? What are you talking about? It's 12. Come on now, beautiful, unmask. No, no. What do you mean, No. Hey, look, everyone stop dancing. Yeah, everyone's going to unmask. And that includes you, lady. No, 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 no. <laughs> All no. right, then. I'll take your mask off myself. No, no, monsieur. Come on. No, no, no. Must be so shy. Take it off. Take it off. There's the lights. They went out. <laughs> How do you like that? Oh, no, beautiful. Oh, I don't think you're going to get away from me. <laughs> oh, I learned this arm lock from a professional. <laughs> yeah. Kind of nice standing here in the dark, close like this. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Pretty tricky of this dance committee, turning the lights off just at the minute when the masks are supposed to come off. Yep, pretty tricky. Well, haven't you got anything to say? I mean, even if it is dark, we could sort of make conversation now, couldn't we? Oh, come on now, beautiful. Haven't you read that book on how to win and influence friends? You've got to give. You know, conversationally. <laughs> now, look, you ask me if I'm always this fresh with strangers. I'll ask you where you've been all my life. And before you know it, we'll be pals. Oh, gee, I'll bet you're a honey. I just know you are. You know, a fella kind of knows when the girl he's with is a honey. See, gosh, everybody's keeping quiet. <laughs> is that part of the entertainment? Standing around in the dark? Well, it's okay by me. But I sure would like to get that mask of yours off and really see what you look like. <laughs> hey, how about some lights? Lights, lights! A candle, monsieur. Huh? Candle? Oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Now, listen, beautiful. You stand right there while I light this thing. Got a match someplace here. Yeah, here. Well, it's pretty nice, whoever it was, handing me a candle. Now, wasn't it beautiful? Must have guessed how anxious I was to see you. There we are. That's a nice place. Now, you stand right like that while I take off this thing you've got over your head. Gosh, it sure is a goofy mask. It's fastened on so tight. Well, now it's loose. Now, stand still, beautiful. In a minute, I'm going to be congratulating myself on what a swell picker I am. There we are. Off it comes. <gasps> oh. You... You haven't got any head. Ladies and gentlemen, you, I, all of us, I know would like to be reassured that we're here and not in Paris, so supposing we relax, take a deep breath, and consider something quite close to home, this problem of a very pretty young lady. Why does everybody keep talking about vitamin B and iron? Oh, I know I'm too thin and always tired and nervous and all in. I suppose I'm cranky, too, but what could vitamin B and iron have to do with it? Why, miss, authorities explain that when you don't get enough vitamin B from your food, you may lose your appetite, not eat all you need, or you may not get all the good out of your food. Well, naturally, then, you lose weight, lose your pep and ginger. And when you don't get enough iron out of your food, you may be weak and pale, feel only half alive. Mm, sounds reasonable. 
But how can I get more vitamin B and iron if I need them? Try ironized yeast tablets. They're the famous two-way tonic that gives you both vitamin B and iron. They've been astonishingly beneficial to thousands who need them. So, if more vitamin B and iron is what you need, by all means get ironized yeast tablets right away, tonight. Then see if pretty quick you aren't saying... It's glorious to feel so peppy and good. Everybody says I look like a million too since I've gained the pounds I needed. My, how glad I am I tried ironized yeast tablets. And now back to Lights Out and the story of the two boys who went to Paris. No head. She doesn't have a head. A thing without a head. No. No. Jerry. Jerry, where are you? Jerry. What? Who's calling? What? Jerry, Jerry. Paul. Oh, Paul. Where have you been? What happened? I've been calling. Oh, wait. Don't come any closer. It's just standing there. Jerry, what's happened? What's the matter with you? There. Standing right there. I I dropped the candle. It's so dark, but but she must be standing there, Paul. Jerry, for Pete's sake. Jerry. I saw it. I I saw it. Saw what? Pete's sake, there's no one here. But she... I tell you, there's no one here. The whole hall's empty. Jerry, open your eyes. You're standing there with your hands over your eyes for luck, I tell you. See, there's no one here. The lights went on again, and and everyone was gone. What? I thought... Well, the devil with what you thought. Come on, let's get out of here. We should have gotten out a long time ago. Yes, we'll we'll go, won't we? Come on. Don't act like you're sleepwalking. Come on. Oh, listen, she... She didn't have... The devil with what she had or didn't have. We're getting out of here before those maniacs get back. Maniacs? Yes, I said maniacs. Some kind of a goofy bunch we walked in on. I knew they were screwy right from the start. Come on, let's get out. Paul, didn't you see that... What could I see? The lights went out. Everyone beat it. Here, I think this is the door. The door. I can't open it. We've got to get out. We've got to. Yeah, we've got to get out. Now, let me out that door. Got to... Let me out. No, get away, Paul. Quit banging your fists on it. We've got to break it down. Okay, come on. Okay. It's locked. Got to get out. Got to get out. Did it. Now we'll get out. Get out where, monsieur? That old woman. Old woman, tell us how to get out of this place. Yeah. We got to get out. You hear me out? Out? Yes. There is a way out. Well, don't stand there talking about it. Show us. Show us. We want to get out of here. Je vous plaît, monsieur. There is no need for such excitement. Just listen to me. Listen? But who wants to listen? We want to get out of here. You hear me? Out, out, out. No, Paul, wait. We're getting out. Let's find out what this is all about. I don't want to know what it's all about. I just want to get out. Now, listen. We've got to know what it's all about. Don't you understand? If we don't, we'll always think that maybe... Well, I tell you, I've got to know. And I will tell you. Yes, I will tell you. Once a year, they meet here. They? Who? But what sort of people are they? They meet and they dance. A miserable dance. A dance without joy, without meaning. Yet a dance of hope. Come on, Jerry, let's be Keep quiet, will you? Go on, old woman. A dance of such weariness. And yet I say it. A dance of hope. Hope? Of what? Hope of deliverance. Hope of freedom from misery without end. What's she talking about? Oh, woman, what are you talking about? I saw a woman without a head. Did I see it? 
Did you see it? Push her out of the way, Jerry. Let's get out no, of here. No, no, wait, Paul. No, I, I think I understand all this. It's it's all a gag, an initiation of some kind. Yeah, that's it, old woman, isn't it? It's a club, and these are all kinds of tricks to get in, aren't they? Trick mirrors and, and lights going out and all the rest of it. it. It's all a joke, an initiation, isn't it, old woman? One hope. A hope that one of you will blunder among them and give one of them deliverance. Oh, woman, stop talking in riddles, will you? This is all some kind of a ceremony, an initiation, isn't it? Answer me, isn't it? Yes, one like you, to give his head so that one of them can have their rest. Jerry, come on, I tell you, I can't stand that woman, Jerry. Wait, Paul. Oh, woman, you... Is that something about... heads? What did you mean by that? What? Listen. What in the... You heard, monsieur. You heard. La guillotine. Jerry, what's she talking about? Oh, woman, what do you mean? La guillotine, la guillotine. It took their heads, yes. <gasps> we. One day they were alive like you. Lived and breathed and had the world. And then la guillotine was born. They took them in the tumbrils across the stony streets. The crowds were shouting. They took them one by one and fed them into her hungry mouth. The knife went up, up, up. A moment more of life, and then down it came. It struck, and their heads rolled into the basket. What's she talking about? What's she talking about? Oh, woman, that, that girl I danced with. You mean... She and all the rest that danced tonight. La Guillotine took their heads and lives many weary years ago. Dead. Dead. All of them dead. No, you crazy fool. You the dead don't dance. But the victims of La Guillotine danced. Aye, they dance one night each year as here you saw them. Dance. Dance. No. No, it can't be true. It can't be. She's crazy. Crazy. One hope of rest. One hope, I tell you. That one of you shall blunder in to give his head for theirs. One hope. That one of you will headless take their place. And let one of them... I won't listen anymore. Jerry, make her stop. You're crazy, old woman. You're crazy and trying to make us crazy, too. Come on, Paul. Stop. Stop, I tell you. Look behind you. Behind... Jerry, there's, there's people there. Yeah. It grows lighter. See them? <laughs> Mother in heaven. All of them without head. Without head. Oh, they can't keep me here. Things without head. I'll get out. Out of my way, old woman. The door. Things without head. You won't get me. Oh. Oh, you've left me here with them. You... Oh, you shouldn't have done that, Paul. You left me here with them. Ah, monsieur. Your friend, he has not gone far. Listen. What? Listen. (gasps) So, 
La guillotine. She has been fed. Fed? Guillotine? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Paul? Paul? Where are you, Paul? Your friend is well. Paul. Oh, Paul, you're all right. You're all right. Paul? Why do you stand there in the shadows? Paul, why do you stand there like that? Paul, come closer. Yes, you will come closer. Paul, what's the matter? Why don't you answer me? Paul, what have they done to you? Paul, what... Well, Mr. Obler, so now you think that the past can come back. It does very definitely in many, many ways. All of us within ourselves carry the ghosts of our own past and our own ancestries. Yes, deep-seated memories of the generations before us. Sometimes they come to us in dreams. But I'll tell you about that after you've had your say. I only want to say this, friend. If vitamin B and iron deficiency is what's keeping you thin and weak and always tired, then we urge you, try ironized yeast tablets right away. They cost but a few pennies a day, and you don't risk even those few pennies. For ironized yeast tablets are sold on this money-back basis. If you don't quickly begin to eat and sleep better, to gain new pounds, to feel much stronger and peppier, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by Ironized Yeast, Box IY, Rawway, New Jersey. But remember, there's only one Ironized Yeast. You'll know the genuine by the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. Now, Mr. Obler? Now let's talk about preventing death. 
How would you like to send a wise, powerful friend along with your son or husband or brother to this war? Someone who'd know how to help him if he's wounded, who'd get his messages through to you and get food and medical supplies to him if he should be taken prisoner. Well, you're doing just that when you give to the Red Cross War Fund. American Red Cross field directors and their staff go with their fighting men wherever they go. Yes, wherever they go, in the jungle, on the desert, everywhere. Behind the lines, the Red Cross membership operates service clubs and recreation centers so that your men in uniform won't get homesick and lonesome. This work must go on. Give to the Red Cross War Fund tomorrow. Give all you can, then double it. Give as much as you'd want someone else to give to help your man in uniform. And all men in uniform are members of your family, the American family. Well, now, what about dreams, Mr. Ober? Oh, yes, dreams. Well, take the dream of falling. Now, almost all of us have had that dream when we were children, falling through space and waking up with a start. Now, there are some who say that this dream is a memory of prehistoric times when man, to escape enemies, uh, hid in trees and caves. A child would clutch itself to its mother when danger arose, and the fear of falling was the greatest fear. It's an interesting thought, isn't it, that those falling dreams of our childhood may be a subconscious memory of the dawn of mankind. More ghosts next week, Mr. Obler? No, coincidentally, the play is about dreams. It's a play which may disturb your dreams, but which I know all of you lovers of the unusual will enjoy. It's about a woman just like any one of you out there who has a most amazing recurring dream night after night after night. But that takes place next week. Yes, tune in next Tuesday again for Arch Obler's eerie story, The Dream. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast, the one and only Ironized Yeast, with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet. Later than you think. Look ahead to white shoe time. You can only buy three pairs of shoes this year, so when you break out in your white shoes, whether they're last year's shoes or new ones, give them extra good care. Do it with Energine Shoe White. Energine Shoe White has the advantage of being made with the whitest pigment known. This special white pigment gives Energine Shoe White a creamy-like texture, so it spreads easily and evenly over your shoes gives them a uniform white coat. The special white pigment also gives your shoes an extra whiteness that results in more satisfactory wear. For the proper care for the white shoes you wear, remember Energine Shoe White. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. All right, lights out, the ball, from March 9th, 1943. Going to tell a little story now, which um, might be a little bit in the weeds for some of you, but... Uh, uh, those of you who um, like to collect and uh, listen to these uh, radio programs might find this interesting and kind of horrific in a way, since we're on the subject of horror and bad things. Um, Lights Out started in 1938, uh, or maybe a little bit before that, um, 35, I think, in Chicago, and um, moved out to the West Coast, to Hollywood, in 1942. It continued on for a while, and then Arch Obler went on to do other things, and uh, the show kind of disappeared. However, it is well regarded as, if not the greatest, one of the top greatest uh, horror-type shows in all of radio, and Arch Obler's writing has been lauded by many, many over the years as being uh, just extraordinary in the way he 
wrote his Lights Out plays. There were even books released of, of some of the scripts. Obler himself was a kind of an unusual character. He liked writing these kind of gruesome, weird horror stories, but he also liked writing more serious dramas and patriotic-themed shows during World War II. In any case, Obler maintained a fairly complete library of his Lights Out programs and some of his other things, which were originally stored at his home out in the San Fernando Valley. And he was always afraid of what he called the bootleggers and the ripoff artists who would uh, take copies of his programs and sell them uh, to collectors across the country through those little mail-order catalogs you used to get if you collected radio shows back then. You would look in the back of Popular Science or Popular Mechanics magazine, and you could write away to various dealers across the country who would sell you old-time radio shows for a fee. Usually not much, but it was a fee. And Arch Obler and actually some of the other people involved in the old days of radio would not like that because they felt that their material was being ripped off and sold and profit was being made off of their writing and their productions and they weren't getting that profit uh, and they felt they were entitled to it. So Arch Obler took the unusual step of keeping his transcription discs with all his recordings of Lights Out and some of the other things in a uh, locked cabinet. At one point, there was talk, and this goes back to the, I think, late 80s or, or so, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, there was talk of re-syndicating Lights Out again on radio. They tried it once in the early 60s. They called it The Devil and Mr. O, and they recycled some of his Lights Out stuff. But in the, um, in the 80s, I believe it was the 80s, maybe the late 70s, there was talk of doing it again and using uh, the original transcription discs uh, to do this with. So Mr. Obler carted that cabinet containing all the transcription discs down to the uh, storage facilities at Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. Now, Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters was um, an organization which I believe still exists, but they've changed the name. And the organization was comprised of people who had to have been in radio or television for 25 years or more. That was a criteria for membership. You couldn't be there. It couldn't be a member if you weren't in radio or television for 25 years or more. But they would hold monthly luncheons and uh, monthly nostalgia nights, uh, and you could attend the luncheons or the nostalgia nights without being a member if a member invited you to go. They had their archives located on the corner of Sunset and Vine in the basement of the Home Savings Building. Home Savings Bank was a fairly major bank in Southern California owned by a guy named Bob Amundsen and the Amundsen family, who were quite, um, quite big in Los Angeles, very wealthy family. I think they had something to do with uh, the Amundsen Theater uh, in, in downtown Los Angeles. And of course, they, they were the owners of Home Savings Bank. And Bob Amundsen was also a fan of vintage radio shows. And so he allowed the organization Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters to 
take the basement of the bank at the corner of Sunset and Vine and store all their archives down there. So they had 275,000 radio transcriptions, tons of original scripts, tons of original broadcast uh, equipment, all on display. And if you got an invite, you could go down there and have a look. And I was one of the volunteers down there in the mid-1970s until I left for Oregon in 1987. Anyway, Arch Obler carted his big old cabinet of transcription discs down there and left it locked in the basement of Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters. There were two keys to that cabinet, one owned by Arch Obler himself because it was his cabinet, and one was um, given to Marty Halpern, who was the director of acquisitions for Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters and the man who was pretty much in charge of making uh, modern-day transfers of the original transcriptions. So all of that material was brought down there. Marty was given a key and was told that he could make copies of the recordings for possible syndication again. Uh, he did copy most of them, but not all of them. Um, Obler was very particular what he wanted to use in the syndic in the resyndication of Lights Out, and so um, he he directed which ones were to be copied and which ones were not. And there were strict rules from all of us who were around it that nobody was to touch that cabinet or go into that cabinet except for Mr. Obler himself and Marty Halpern. Well, um, after I left Southern California in 1987, moved up to Grants Pass, Oregon, where I live now, in the early 90s, there was an explosion in that basement at the corner of Sunset and Vine because the air conditioning system, which had been installed there decades earlier when it was actually NBC Radio and Television Studios, that's what it was before it became Home Savings Bank, it was actually NBC Radio and Television Service, basement where Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters stored all their material was originally the parking garage where the stars would drive in and park their cars and go up the stairs or the elevator to do their shows at NBC. Anyway, the air conditioning system was old and ancient. It, I remember when it used to go on, it used to make this loud noise and rumble across the, the, the basement, and it exploded. It literally exploded. Well, a ancient air conditioning system exploding in a basement is not a good thing. The California hazmat crew was sent out to determine what in the world had happened. They immediately determined that the whole area had to be sealed off and no one was allowed to go in to that basement anymore. And there was a 15-year moratorium put on anybody entering that basement. Well, in the meantime, all this material was stored there. All these radio transcriptions, all these scripts, all this equipment, everything was stored there, and it had to sit there for 15 years. At the end of the 15-year period, there was an arrangement made with uh, the Thousand Oaks Library in Thousand Oaks, California, that the material um, would be carted out of there and transferred over to what was supposed to be a permanent home at the Thousand Oaks Library. Well, <laughs> I wasn't around at that point. I was living in Grants Pass, Oregon. Um, Marty Halpern was around, and also Ron Wolf, who was uh, Marty's assistant and in charge of the archives. Uh, Marty didn't go there very often, but Ron was there all the time. And they 
were told that before they could enter the building, they had to have some hazmat people come in there and move some things around and clean it up because 15 years had gone by, but there was still residue around that was needed to be cleaned up before they were allowed to go in the building. So the hazmat crew sent some messages over to Ron and Marty Halpern and said, you know, we need to move some things around here and clear some things up before we can let you all go back in there. So could you, um, could you tell us, uh, can we take the material out of this room and move it into this room? And is there anything that can be uh, thrown out because some of this stuff has gotten damaged? So um, they gave them a list of what they thought that uh, could be moved or could be thrown out. Well, we find out later, of course, that what they did was they moved a lot of things, yes, but they also threw out a lot of things. And one of the things they threw out and hauled to the dump was that locked cabinet that belonged to Arch Obler and contained all the original Lights Out recordings. It is gone. It never made it to the Thousand Oaks Library. It went to the dump. So all we have now for Lights Out is whatever Marty Halpern had transferred. Marty, God rest his soul, wasn't the world's best transferer of vintage radio transcriptions. He used to uh, spray pledge on them to uh, make them sound better. And I used to cringe watching him doing that because the pledge would just eventually just ruin the discs. But anyway, he thought that was how he could clean the discs before transferring them. So whatever we hear now on Lights Out is a result of whatever tapes Marty made from those discs in that locked cabinet that is now in a landfill in Southern California. So horror of horrors, the great Lights Out show is relegated to a dump somewhere in Southern California, other than the episodes that were transferred somewhat poorly, but some are better than others. The one we just heard was pretty good. Uh, and that's, that's the story. So hopefully that didn't go too into the weeds for most of you. It's sad, it's depressing, but that's what you get when you deal with the world of vintage radio because far too much of this stuff has been actually taken to dumps, thrown in trash cans, broken, destroyed, whatever you want to call it. And the shows that we have left are the ones that we have and Sometimes more shows show up a little bit here and there, but it's been so long now that they just don't show up as much as they used to. And there will be a point sometime not too long from now where no more new ones will show up and all we will have is what we have. And we can be grateful for that, but there is so much missing and that is kind of depressing. So on that unhappy note, this is John Jeff Teller and the good old days of radio show. And uh, we will be back next week. Uh, my only hint for you next week is this. Do you know what casting the runes means? If you do, then you'll definitely look forward to next week's show. If you don't know what it means, you'll have it explained to you next week, and it is rather creepy and unusual. So until next Thursday with uh, an episode of Escape called Casting the Runes, we'll be back on Tuesday with comedy, and then next Thursday with Casting the Runes. This is John Tuftiller saying thanks for listening. You can turn the lights on now. Mm-hmm.